Welcome to Resilient Love Podcast. Join hosts Quentin and Brianna as they discuss tips on love, life, and business. Let's get into this next episode. everybody we're back with another episode of resilient Resilient love Love. so today's topic is going to be about something near and dear to me i have my mother actually works in caregiving and so for me this particular guest is very special because i understand from a child's perspective what i saw my mom do to care and serve others so we're really excited for this special guest Yes, and also that this is a field that is not highlighted as much, but it really should be. Um, it's it's an essential part of our lives. We never know how life is going to impact us. And so. we need people like our special guest to share her journey and her tips. So we're bringing her on now, Miss Miriam. How are you doing? Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for having me on your show. I'm so excited. I'm Miriam. I'm, I live in the Netherlands and I've been a caregiver for more than 20 years now. First, I was a caregiver to my husband and uh, in 2012, I became the caregiver of my brother. So yeah, that's my, my life in short, caregiver. I'm a wife, I'm a writer. So I'm really excited to, to be on your show. Awesome, and we're happy to have you. (laughs) So I'll jump right in. Our um, first question is, everyone has a story. Share with the audience your story of becoming a caregiver and how that impacted your life. Wow, that's that's a nice question. As said before, I've been a caregiver for more than 20 years. Um, I met my husband back in 1998. He was a diabetic. And as of 1999, he became very, very ill and he suffered from kidney failure. Um, As of 2002, he was on dialysis. His um, kidneys weren't functioning well and he was on the list for a multiple transplant, a kidney pancreas transplant. In those years, when he was a diabetic on dialysis, um, a lot of things happened. Um, You know, for instance, I remember one day we had visitors over and um, he put some coffee, we just moved to this house. And I remember that he had a strange look in his eyes. I, I, I had never seen that before. And I told the people that came over, I'm going to call 911 right now. I've never seen this look in his face, in his eyes, sorry. So I called 911, but 
because we just moved to this house, I told one of the guys, please go outside because I'm afraid that the paramedics won't be able to find our home. We just moved here. So he went outside. So I was left at home with my husband, whose name is Martin, and two other people. So I had to measure his uh, blood sugar. And mm -hmm. he made a fist. He, he didn't know what he was doing. And he made a fist, so I couldn't measure his, his blood sugar. But I knew, that, I knew that something was terribly wrong with him. And I was scared that he might get in a coma. Yeah. So I whispered in his ear, uh, Martin, please open, open your, open your hand. I need to measure your blood pressure. It's so important. And finally, he opened his hand, and I could measure. The device couldn't give a number, and oh. that's a good sign. Yeah. So within five or six minutes, the paramedics came in, and I told them, "You don't have to measure his blood sugar." It's low. The device can give a number. They said, well, thank you so much for doing that. Um, so what we need to do right now is put him on an infusion and give him some glucose. So that's what they did. And, you know, he was so strong. I had to keep whispering in his ear, please, please, please. They are here to help you. But he didn't know what he was doing. All the time I was thinking, what if he goes in a coma now? Right. Will I lose him now? So within three minutes, he he looked at me and he said, what happened? And that's when I realized, oh, my gosh, he is back. Yeah. So before he had his the uh, transplant surgery, he had many surgeries. He had eye surgeries. He had groin rupture surgery. He had... Oh, so many surgeries. Right. I stopped counting. But during that time, from the time he was on dialysis until he had his first surgery, he needed two major surgeries for the transplant. I burnt out. 95% mm. of my time I spent on taking care of my husband. Mm. I, I lived with fear not knowing what would happen to him if he would make it mm -hmm. because he was doing really bad. He was not in good shape. So that was the impact on my life, living with fear, not knowing if he would make it, anxiety, exhaustion, and I burned out. Wow. Wow. I burned out. Yeah. And, you know, caring for somebody because of course that's your husband so you you said those vows in sickness and in health and like literally you got hit with certain situations that tested that very vow but you stayed true and i appreciate that and i want people to recognize the power of love and the power of just staying true to your loved one you know making sure that they're well yes, yes. you know at that time we were not married yet we oh. married two years after his surgery. Oh, so you were committed through it. Good. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Through it all. I'm going yeah. to help you. That's powerful. Yes, you know, the fear, the fear is, it's, it's killing. The exhaustion is killing. Um, he had so many hypos before, before surgery and it, it, 
you know, it it was it was a top ride. It was right. a top. Ride. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. And you know that brings us to this next question about how did this experience make you more resilient? Like our podcast is about really bringing forth that tip on life. And in this case, how did that make you resilient? You know, I like I said before, I burned out. Yeah. And I had to make a choice. Do you want to stay in the darkness or do you want to go to the light at the end of the tunnel? Yeah. Burning out opened my eyes. I remember that when they found, found out, we had, um, after the surgery, we had an appointment with a social worker in the hospital. And she asked Martin how he was doing. And he was so happy because finally he was doing a bit better. Okay. And then she asked me the question, Miriam, how are you doing? <laughs> I cried for 15 minutes. Mm. I cried myself. And I was angry at myself. Why? Because I didn't I didn't want Martin to see me like that. I was his strength. I was a super hero. That's what I thought. Yeah. Right? Um to give you an idea what my day looked like, I woke up at 5.30, went to the office, started there at 7.30, worked until 3.30 p.m., got uh, um, uh, took the car, went to the hospital, which was a 45, 50-minute drive, stayed with him in the hospital until 9.30 or 10 p.m., came back home before I could sleep, thinking about many things. And the next day, and this went on for weeks, months. Mm -hmm. So that's why I burnt out. But I was mad that she asked me the question then. Mm -hmm. And that's when they discovered that I burnt out. Yeah. So I chose not to stay there. I came home, looked at myself in the mirror and said, asked myself the question, do you want to go on like this, Miriam? Mm. I knew the answer, but I couldn't get it out of my mouth then. Right. Right. And I did it for a week, every day, several times a day. Do you want to go on like that? No. Right. No. So that was my eye opener. And I had to, what I did is I had to find ways to revitalize my own energy. I had to give myself permission to put myself first before helping anybody else. That's right. Yeah. Um, it wasn't easy. It was not easy at all. It didn't happen in a week, in a month. It took me months. But I had no choice. I had no choice. And, you know, um, what I wanted to say, doing so extended my own quality of life. Mm -hmm. I could breathe more. I had more ease in my life. Right. And I could finally help my husband and later my brother from a place of my own overflow. All right. I like that. You so, had to create your own stream. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Like I said, it wasn't easy, mm -hmm. but 
I was so committed to do it because I knew what the result would be. And I was a better caregiver. Wow, because you took time for you. Yes. Did you have that strength to keep yeah. practicing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't go on. And I asked myself the question, what if something happens to you? Who will take care of Martin? Mm. And that's when I realized, Mm-mm, sis, you can you can go on like this. <laughs> no way. I, I, I love the fact that you, as you grow to be more resilient, you you explain the power within reflection. Yeah. A lot of times we're not willing to do self-reflection until we get yeah. to the the bare end and we're tired and, and burn out. Yeah, and that's what happened to me. And you know what? I tell all my fellow caregivers, it wasn't a pretty place. It wasn't a pretty place at all. And because I was constantly overthinking, um, I wasn't asking for help. Why? Because I thought, hmm, maybe they will think I'm weak, that I can't take care of my own uh, husband-to-be or, you know? Mm-hmm. And now that I look back, I wish I had started asking questions sooner. Mm-hmm. Because I was surprised at how much people were willing to help. And I asked medical professionals for help. I asked my neighbors for help, anybody I could think of. But it was not easy. I'm going to be honest. It wasn't easy. Not at all. And I think that comes from knowing the fact, knowing your spouse and knowing that loved one and wanting the best for them. And you're like, I know what they need. Yeah. And that person reciprocated. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I can yeah. And when I finally had 5% of the time, and when I finally had time for myself, for instance, I was taking a nice hot shower and then i was oh what is he doing uh-huh. oh, oh i feel guilty i should be with him what if something happens to him while i'm not there and no it wasn't necessary i couldn't enjoy my own me time <laughs> oh no wow yeah so that brings us to our next question which is you mentioned in your story about how caregiving has some mental and emotional effects. What other self-care tips do you have for those who are called essential workers? Wow, wow. I get this question so many times. You know, first of all, make time for yourself. Please, please, please make time for yourself. You know, when you say self-care, many people think that you have to spend a day at the spa or... No. As much as I would love to do that, I can't. Mm-hmm. Even I can do that. <laughs> I can What I do is I try to walk for uh, 15 to 20 minutes outside every day. That's what I try to do. Um, I listen to an audio book, for instance. Um, or or I listen to music, it, and it depends what sort of music. When I feel a bit hmm, 
set. I put on some salsa music or some merengue and, and you know, I start dancing <laughs> and it makes me feel happy. And that's my self-care moment. Or what I do in the morning is I, I write for five minutes. While I'm having breakfast, I'm just writing whatever comes to my mind. Mm -hmm. And I started doing this a couple of months ago. And I'm amazed by how many ideas I get from that. Just mm -hmm. writing whatever comes to my mind. And if nothing comes to my mind, I write, oh, I can't think of anything. Um, so it depends on what you love to do. If you love doing, uh, uh, watching Netflix or whatever, that's your self-care moment. Mm -hmm. And I own my self-care moments. For instance, if my husband Martin or my brother asked me something and I've scheduled that time for myself, I tell them, sorry, bro, listen, that's the way I talk to my partner. <laughs> <laughs> as much as I love you, your sis needs her time now. But that doesn't mean that I won't help you or can't help you. I can help you, but then and then I can help you. Right. And it's all about communication, clarity. Mm -hmm. It's so important. And this, this is also something I had to learn. Saying no without hurting anyone. Wow. Mm. Yeah. So self-care, whatever you like to do, whatever you enjoy, that's your self-care moment. I love that. Yeah. Whatever you enjoy is your self-care moment. Yeah. I hope you guys catch that because my self-care moment really is Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I love some Netflix. So yeah. Yeah. I like the fact that you 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 break down self care because it's a cliche that everyone thinks that it means spy, it means getting your feet done and everything, and it's just that's not the case. Self care no. is tailored to your needs. Yes, and and you know, I tell all my friends and family, even if it's for ten minutes, you know, to nourish my spirit, I I. Meditate for only 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I only take five deep breaths. And that it, it makes me feel so good. So it doesn't have to be something that you do for hours, like a spa day. <laughs> it, it can be for 10, 15 minutes. Right. And so it sounds like you know, self-care from your perspective just has to be intentional. Yeah. Yeah. And what I also recommend is that um, schedule it. Right. Mm. Schedule it. Yeah, because I feel like when you don't set aside that time, it gets away from you. You literally yeah. say, well, I had to do this. I had to do that. And I, I think that's something we're working on, you know, self-care for individual and then self-care together, like actually yeah. taking time together for ourselves. Cause you know, the work life running around, mm -hmm. you got to have that couple care too. Couple care. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I totally agree. You know, yesterday a friend asked, what are it's Sunday? What are you doing? 
And um, uh, I said, well, first of all, I'm getting my nails done myself. Mm -hmm. And then I'm having my pedicure. And after that, me and Martin, we are going to watch a movie. There you go. Simple. But we enjoyed it. And it was nice. You know, and it's I really enjoyed the, the little things, the little moments, the 10, 15 minute self-care moments. Yeah. Now yeah. that's essential. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you need it. You need it. And, you know, my brother also, my brother had a, a, a stroke in 2012. I, will, I was at the office while he called me, uh, um, while he was having a stroke, sorry. And um, he was paralyzed on the right side. And because I learned from the time I burned out after Martin's uh, uh, um, uh, 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 time, sorry. Um, I used the techniques I learned myself when my brother had a stroke. Right. Because that exhaustion, that fear, you know. So it's so important to do self-care. Even yeah. though we caregivers often say, I don't have time. I don't, where, I, I don't have time. You got yeah, a great time. You got a great time. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, so overall, we definitely appreciate just what you've shared with us and your tips. Uh, let everybody know what's next for Miriam. What's next? What's next for Miriam? Oh my gosh, Miriam is writing a book about her caregiver story. Um, I started writing a couple of months ago. Um, I never thought that I would write a book. Mm -hmm. um, a friend recommended uh, <laughs> me. To, she said, you have to write about your story. It's important yeah. for the world to know because you, you, you often hear, um, hear the story of the patient, but not the caregiver. Uh, so I started writing my book. Um, I just launched my six-week online program uh, for caregivers, for family caregivers. Um, and in this program, I will teach um, the caregivers how to revitalize their own energy, how to put themselves first without feeling guilty, how to prevent a burnout. All those things, it's so important. So they can breathe better, so they can feel better, so they can have more ease in their lives. Yes. And be a better caregiver. Mm. That's so that's my six-week online program. My book, uh, I hope that I can publish it in June, July of this year. Okay. Yeah, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. We uh, are too. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's coming up. And what I'm also doing is together with a fellow caregiver, I'm on a mission to share our caregiver story. So caregivers have to know that they are not alone, but they also have to know that there is light at the end of the tunnel. My situation is not their situation, their situation, but the struggles are the same. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I want to help them. Wow, I hope y'all caught that, and we yeah. want to have you back to share the book. 
Oh, yo. But we're definitely going to have the link in the description box for you guys to go and check out the six-week program. It's yeah. going to be great. Yeah, it and, is. It is. And we just we just thank you for what you do um, at such an essential time Ooh. that we are in now. You are definitely so needed and so needed to so many. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I like us, you know, only a couple of months ago, I discovered my why, my purpose. Mm. Back then in 2003, 2002, I asked myself the question, why me many times? Mm. When I was feeling exhausted, when he, he wasn't doing well, when my brother had a stroke, why me? Until a couple of months ago when I talked to a friend and told her my story and she was in tears. Mm. And I realized that it was necessary to share my story, to write a book, and to help fellow caregivers via my online program. That's when I discovered my purpose. Wow. Mm. Did y'all catch that, Jim? <laughs> Sometimes your purpose is birthed out of a painful place. And then you get the revelation that this was the reason. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Now I understand. This is such. This has been such a great episode. I hope that you guys caught these gems from Miriam. We're going to have her links in the description box for you to continue to follow her. Um, could you share with people where they can follow you too? Oh, yes. I'm on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, my website is www.miriambaldwin.com. There you can read all about the six-week uh, online program and a bit about me. And you can schedule a free call. Oh, and yeah. caregivers? Yeah. Get your call. Yeah, you can schedule a free call. And I'm on Clubhouse. All right. <laughs> yeah. So we and, have the clubhouse link, but you know you gotta get an invite. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we talk we talk about a lot of self care uh, tips, and uh, last time we talked about feeling guilty with fellow caregivers. So please join. Um, and I'm so I, you know, if I can do it, fellow caregivers can do it. But I'm honest. It was not easy, but yeah. there is light at the end of the tunnel. Wow. And with wow. that being said, guys, this has been another episode oh, of Resilient, Resilient Love. Love. All right. We'll stay tuned for the next one. Bye. Bye. Thank you to all listeners and subscribers. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Leave us a five-star review on Apple so that we can continue sharing resilient love. Thanks for listening.